Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Doodle Loop Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Doc Murphy, of RootDocMurphy.com in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood, of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, Dr. Jeremy Weiss of TempleofMiriam.com from Seattle, bringing us today's Oracle Hour topic of Seromancy. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodoists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Cat? Oh boy, I have been told in the past that you have guest announced when I wasn't around, and this is the first time I actually heard you announcing live. You're slick, you're good. (laughs) Well, thank you. You're ready for prime time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, well, I'm trying to catch people up on what's going on up here. So we're having a, a definite uh, Saturnine moment. Um, let's see. I've had two computers replaced within the last week. Uh, oh, dear. Desk- yeah, yeah. It's what it is, man. <laughs> Saturn in Aquarius going over my moon at the midheaven on my chart. You know, like you were doomed. All your, you know, this was after the four keyboards and four mice event, right? I mean, this just keeps on mm. happening. It'll be going on for a while. Um, Uranus and Taurus—that's the other part of it. It's all, it's I'm I'm the I'm the goat in this one, boy. Every electronic thing I touch blows up. So, um, I now have an identical looking desktop. I can't see any difference. Um, I think it's only its brain has been replaced. I have a, <laughs> a, a semi a semi identical laptop, and I know it's different because it doesn't have the beautiful little red leather cushy thing that you put your hands on. That's gone. And I have a backup um, that is uh, just in case this one blows up. And the one <laughs> the one that I got they're refurbished. The letter V. You know, on these laptops, on these Mac Airs, mm-hmm. how the um, it's just a little clip that holds the little, yeah, the letter V just keeps on popping off, exposing neurons below. It's sort of scary. Um, but each time I've been able to pop it back on without damaging its neurons. I don't know, man. It's, it's There's definitely something crazy going on. So that's my world. Um we have had a, an unfortunate event, which I just I, I hate to have to report things that are sad and unpleasant, but unfortunate event has happened. Um, the lady who was doing our candle services quit, and oh, no. uh, we have we we've been still can't find any employees as I've been talking about, so we had to suspend candle services. We have enough. Um, people to do. We're still looking. We're still hiring, folks. Want to hire? Want to get a job? We're we are hiring. 
uh, in Forestville, California, but we're out here in the countryside. They can't even find, you know, baristas for Starbucks in Santa Rosa. I mean, there's just nobody wants a job, and I'm not going to get into the politics and economics and all of it. Um, so um, we are uh, suspending candle services temporarily. I mean, we're not saying that it's forever. We have plenty of candles to burn, and we've got plenty of space to burn them. Uh, we're refunding money on anybody who had placed an order for candles, and, um, you know, that's pretty obvious, no-brainer. Then the other thing that's happening is um, because of um, not having enough personnel, we're behind on making products. So we are refunding on anything that's out of stock. Mm. And rather than waiting to make it, you know, we usually you'll say, well, we'll make it for you. Take a week. We'll make it for you. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, we have so many orders. We are so for, so overwhelmed with orders, for which I thank everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for ordering from Lucky Mojo. Thank you, retailers. Thank you, wholesalers. But what's happened is our wholesale business has taken off like crazy mm. it's just mm-hmm. been doubled and doubled and we're so grateful but we don't have all the products and we can't and when someone says i want 30 john the conqueror sachet powders and believe me they are ordering in quantities like that we can't even just say oh my god let's just you know let's quickly make 30 of them we can't do it so we are now going to um the out-of-stock system where if on the day you order it, it's not there. We're not charging you. Um, We used to charge... See, I'm going to go back. This goes back to the handmade hippie days. We got (laughs) burned a number of times. We would get an order and someone would say, um, I want $400 worth of stuff, which was a big order back then. Now it's a a good order, but not a big order. Big orders are now in the $1,500 to $2,000 range, maybe $4,000 range. So it was a big order, really big order, $400 order. And so we would make everything and then charge their card, and the card would decline. And we'd try to get in touch with them. And now we'd have all this product we'd spent days making for them, and it was very frustrating. We'd put it back on the shelf. But sometimes people would order things that were not that uh, overall popular. In other words, they might order, just as an example, um, oh, you know, St. Raymond bath crystals, which is used by women who want to get pregnant and have a nice childbirth. But, you know, how many women are doing that, right, at any given time? So somebody orders 30 St. Raymond bath crystals, and then they decide they're canceling their order or they de- the card declines and they don't ever make themselves available. A few of those, it took us a year to get uh, the product moved, and it was just so frustrating. So we started saying... We want your money up front because we have to hand make everything for you. We can we take your card and we we put that money down as a deposit basically, and then we will mm-hmm. make your stuff and sell it, send it to you. Um, but and if you cancel, we'll put it back in stock. That really stopped problem, but it created a new problem, which was putting stuff in the line as a line of boxes to be made. So now we are at a position as a company. We're not hand-to-mouth anymore like we used to be, far from it. And so we don't need that $400 that desperately. What we need to do is to uh, make sure we have a valid card number. We uh, fill the box with what we've got, out of stock the rest of it, and um, 
send you what we've got, tell you reorder again in four to eight weeks, good luck, just like any normal store would do. This does create a problem for the Lucky Mojo Forum where everything seems to be in stock, but it may not be because we can't constantly rewrite the 20,000 pages at the forum that mention products with a button to buy them. So we can't do that exactly, but if you go to it and it says the item is out of stock, well, um, on the shopping cart, that we're working on getting that to be um, aligned. So we're basically... Um, admitting that we've grown too big to beg for people's money. Now we are begging for more employees, and we are trying to um, have a have a situation where we can um, be sure that we give everybody the promptest service. So that's my week. So what I've been doing is going through the line, and um, giving people um, refunds on things that they've ordered that are not in stock currently. That doesn't mean we won't have them again. It just means they're not in stock right now. And uh, so if you have an order out with us, and I know that about 350 of you do that has not yet been shipped, (laughs) just be patient. We're working our way through it. So that's the bad news, the good news, the change, the whatever. So that's been my day. My back hurts. My back really hurts, folks, because I've been lifting boxes. You do. It's a lot. And so that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Um, How about you, Ollie? What's up with you? Uh, Things are are well, busy as, as usual. I can't believe July went by the way that it did. I mean, this summer is just over. I always tell myself, I'm like, I'm going to take a break during summer. I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy because <laughs> I'm on an academic schedule. So the summers are hard times off. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to enjoy the summer. But I'm blink- I blinked and the summer's over. We're in August mm-hmm. already. So it, it's gone by quite uh, fast and, you know, things have progressed and we're living in a kind of bizarre moment where some places in the country are opening up and other places are having the you know, uptick in the Delta variant and and people are freaking out. And so we are living in a weird liminal state. I should say that uh, one of the more fascinating things about 2021 is we've talked about how this year is going to be the year of labor movement, Uh, really kind of rethinking. You were talking about, for example, how things are out and you're kind of rethinking how your process is, right? You're going, we're just going to refund. This is the, the sort of the energy that's been 2021 through and through people are rethinking their relationship to, to labor, to work, to products, to whatnot. Oh yeah. I mean, you had, I mean, there was the Amazon strike. Now there's the Frito-Lay strike in California. Oh my gosh. Foster farm strike. Foster farm is the largest uh, food supplier in in California. If they go on strike, I mean, that's going to be massive. Um, DoorDash went on strike yesterday. So there is a there's like a lot going on. I call this the year of the broken road, and, and labor is like the big, big thing that we're all kind of rethinking our relationship to the way we consume products, but also the way we kind of produce products. How do we sell things? I and mean, when you mention them, it's like wow, this is so fitting for 2021. Everyone is just rethinking this relationship. So it is a bizarre but interesting time to be alive. Yeah, it is, and um, I was just told um, 
by um, a, a couple of people. I've always been contacting wholesalers and telling them, look, I'm going to ship your order. There are certain things you're not going to get. You're not going to get any sachet powders. Sorry about that. Heidi's got asthma. Uh, we have nobody to help make the sachet powders. Um, check again later. And they're like, oh, okay, just as long as I get my candles and my mojo bags, whatever it is that they've ordered, my oils. And we, I said, you know, I'm really so sorry because we, we've been having um, problems getting um, people working. And every one of these wholesale metaphysical shops has said, oh, my God, I can't even find anybody at $22 an hour to work in my metaphysical shop. And I'm like, whoa, $22 an hour and you can't find anybody? Nope, nobody will take the job. And so it's been really interesting. Um, yeah, that is one person. One person told me that they were offering at an entry level seventeen dollars an hour just for you know dusting and cleaning the shop and learning about the work. Nope, nobody wanted to pay want seventeen dollars an hour just to dust a shop. So it's been really interesting. I don't feel like I'm the only one. That's for sure. And I do know what you're talking about. This has been a. a this has been a game changer. I mean, I know that's a mm-hmm. kind of a flip way of saying it. This has been a cultural shift. Yeah, and it's yeah. It, we're that's not we're not through it. it yet. And um, my breaking computers, you know, I was like, I kept on thinking, why the letter V? V for victory. I don't I don't know what it's all about. But I'm getting a lot of calls from people. Am I cursed? Am I cursed more than usual? And I'm like. No, actually, you're just in with a great herd here, all of whom we're all probably somewhat cursed at this point. <laughs> There's so much weird going on. I don't opposed to the sun. Um, oh, my gosh. It's just not nice right now. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really bad. But on the other hand, good things keep on happening. People are, you know, people are helping one another as they can. Um, it's it's chaotic. It so, Nagashiva yeah. uh, <laughs> has put in the chat log V for vulva, V for volatile, V for volumetrics, V for velocity, V for variation. Hmm. <laughs> well, my vulva isn't broken, but maybe my velocity is. I'm not sure. And Shiva says it's an opportunity for charity and kindness. That's for sure. That is what it is an opportunity for. I, I agree. So, um, now, today we have a special guest, and on very short notice, and I'm so, so grateful, my cousin, Dr. Jeremy Weiss. So, welcome to the show, Jeremy, and tell us briefly what you've been doing, and then we're going to get to the topic of the show. Ah. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and inviting me. Uh, to be on the show, um, Ceromancy is uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, well, you know, I live in Seattle, so I've been fighting off the hordes of Antifa mobs that I'm surrounded by all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, it's been uh, it's it's been wonderful. My um, uh, we we finished up uh, Terrors of the Evil Eye exposed. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I'm on to new projects, my candle services, uh, luckily I'm still doing them. So, uh, they're, they're going strong and, uh, I'm thinking about writing, uh, another book on divination. So, oh, lots, wonderful. Lots of the hoppers. yeah. Wow. That's really neat. Um, 
Well, um, yeah, we'll get our candles back up again as soon as we have, um, you know, some more. Um, yeah, you need you, 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 people. You, you, you need a, some people there, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is always, we've never had it easy because we're way out, as you know, we're far away from the nearest town. And um, it's just, you know, it's it was a choice to live out here. And it's kind of a, a quixotic thing to do to have a retail shop. We always intended just to be an online shop. And we opened up to walk-ins years, years after we started. It would be people knocking on the door saying, come on, I live just down the street, let me come in. And so we never really intended to have a walk-in re- retail shop. It was only going to be online. But um, the candles, we do need somebody here to do that. Yeah. All righty. Um, well, today our topic is candle divination. So I'm going to just introduce this like I always do. Um, those of you who have a copy of The Guiding Light by Mikhail Strabo should now bring it out of the bookcase. Um, This book came out in 2020, our edition of it. Actually, the book was written in 1942 and was in print, first of all, under Mikhail Strabo's um, uh, imprint. He printed it himself, Guidance House. And then when he eventually uh, passed away, um, he, he died in 19... 71, uh, a, a couple of other companies began to reprint his stuff because he didn't, um, there were no more copyright renewals, and as they wore out, people would reprint it. But the company that was reprinting it then stopped printing books. And so I decided to take up the cause of The Guiding Light, which is a, too good of a book to ever have gone out of print. And so I worked on it. Um, I guess you could say channeling, mediumistically, spiritually channeling uh, the spirit of Mikhail Strabo, a very cooperative ghost, a lovely man, really. I've gotten to know him quite well through working on books with his um, late deceased self. Uh, the first one I did was in the Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. I put in one of his little books. And um, he's easygoing, a fun guy. So... Um, I doubled the book pretty much by, well, not quite double it, maybe um, one-third, or 50% more, excuse me, one, 50% more, two-thirds of it's his, one-third mine, because I had more pages than he had in his book, and I added some stuff. But The Guiding Light was given away at the 2020 Hoodoo Heritage Festival. This was the virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And I want to just sidestep here for a moment. We're having another one of these virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festivals coming up September 11th and 12th. And you can sign up by going to hoodooheritagefestival.com, buying your tickets, and you will get things like complete books. There will be three books that will be shipped to you, and there will be all kinds of little goodies and prizes. And you'll have 10 hours of... um, workshop material with um, a live chat at the end of the um, workshop presentations. So uh, sign up. You'll enjoy it. This was um, a real um, pleasure to work on getting this book together and getting it to people for the um, 2020, and I did a little video about it. So one of the things that makes this book so important, The Guiding Light to Power and Success, a study of the use of candles in the search for the truth. Uh, this was the first book that talked about candle burning from 
a multitude of cultural perspectives um, and that talked about uh, fortune-telling by means of candle wax. Now, of course, candle wax divination goes back you know, probably to the medieval Renaissance time. I don't know. It's it's very ancient, and, and we know it's ancient. But this was the first book that was ever published with a list of fortune-telling signs, candle signs. And it was the first time I had ever encountered such a thing back in 1961 when I bought my copy of this book. So um, I decided to just talk about that briefly before we get into divination. So if you have that book on page 87, there's just one page, and it just says, fortune-telling by means of candles. And I'm going to read you what Mikhail Strabo wrote. There are a great many people who believe in the ability of others to tell their fortunes from the way in which a candle drips. They believe that the future can be foretold by the shape of the drops and the forms they make. The subject usually holds the candle, by which he means the sitter or the client, usually holds the candle and makes a wish and then lights it. The fortune teller looks into the flame as one would into a crystal globe. Images and shapes are supposed to come out of the flame, which the seer interprets to the subject. Then, as the drops fall down the sides of the candle, the shapes and the figures they make are presumed to mean different things. So he's talking about burning freestanding candles, not vigil lights. And he gives this list, and I'm going to actually read it to you. It's not that long. Hmm. Perfectly formed drops are supposed to mean tears. Broken lines are supposed to mean heart sorrows. Curved lines are supposed to mean false friends. Triangular shapes are supposed to denote success. This comes right out of tea leaf reading, by the way, where triangles always mean success. Ship shapes are supposed to mean journeys. Um, and believe it or not, ship shapes are quite common in dripped wax. Um, and that comes out of tea leaf reading. Then he goes on, every spark that arises from the wick is supposed to mean a letter, and you can count them off, A, B, C, D, E, and so forth. When the wick unravels to form twin flames, it is supposed to mean that the one you are thinking of also thinks of you. When the wick forms a terminal ball or not, it must be trimmed with a prayer, lest it begin to smoke badly. A puff of black smoke from the wick is supposed to mean that an enemy, evil spirit, or the devil opposes your prayers. A puff of white smoke from the wick is supposed to mean that an angel, ancestor, or kindly spirit approves of your prayers. When a candle blows out, but there is no gust of wind, it is supposed to mean that a bad spirit or the devil is fighting you. When the candle makes a popping noise, or some say three pops, it is supposed to mean a good spirit is sending a message. Believers have built up a complete philosophy of this ceremony, and according to what various devotees have told me, the candle never lies. So that's what Mikhail Strabo had to say about it. Now, we know that there's many other forms of wax reading, ceromancy. Ukrainian wax reading is legend in the folklore world. Um, it's the best. It's really great. It's All of these forms of ceromancy are related to... Uh, Germanic and Norse le melted lead reading, which yeah, is a whole Melinda other Mary. world. Yeah, yes, that's right. Mary. That's right. right. So um, I, think, I think I think it's uh, uh, can track back to, to the Celtic times, like 500 uh, uh, CE, I think. Yeah. Um, yes. Exactly. So yeah. this, these ideas of of uh, melting wax or melting lead or whatever tin into water go back very very far. 
But what is also developed is candle glass reading. And most people, when they think mm-hmm. we're going to do something on candle reading, think we're just going to be doing candle glass reading. But candle glass reading is um, uh, Cyril Capnomancy, Capnomancy is smoke mm-hmm. reading. And what he gave was a bunch of Capnomancy and a bunch of Ceromancy, both. But Cyril Capnomancy is when you read the smoke remains in a glass that were left and the wax remains in the glass of a vigil light. That's all I have to say. Now, I'm going to turn this over to Jeremy. And thank you. Nagashiva has posted in the chat the, um, the, um, the data from the bullet-pointed list that Mikhail Strabo gave us from 1942. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, thank you. Uh, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just, uh, uh, for some, I forgot that we were on air, and I thought we were just <laughs> talking <laughs> back okay. and forth like we usually do. Um, yeah, the you know, Ceromancy, it, you're right, it broadly covers, uh, um, you know, pyromancy, looking into a flame and, and getting some uh, uh, image or divine inspiration and, and also smoke reading, capromancy, like, like, just, just like you said. Now, Mikhail Strabo um, is, is Jewish, and I wonder um, if he might have been familiar with uh, the saying in the Talmud, which is that candles uh, are thought to be uh, the symbols of the human soul. They're reflections mm-hmm. of the human soul. Uh, and, and well, so now I, you've I, opened... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm going to butt in. You've now opened a giant uh, rabbit hole. Yes, Mikhail Strabo was not Greek. He was Jewish. And his name was Sidney uh, J. Rosenfeld Steiner. And his family were from the Austro-Hungarian Empire, um, probably from some from Hungary and some from Vienna. And yes, I'm sure he was familiar with Jewish folk magic. Yeah, yeah uh, yes. Well, you know, um, I, I was particularly struck by um, uh, the thought the, when he says, let's see, when a candle blows out, but there is no gust of wind, it's supposed mm-hmm. to mean that a bad spirit or the devil is is fighting you. Now, in, mm-hmm. in Jewish folk magic, um, there there is uh, a tradition um, uh, of trying to divine whether or not someone will live throughout the year, and uh, it's. Um, uh, what's done is, and it's also described in the Talmud, uh, you, you, you light a candle and, um, and uh, between Rosh Hashanah, the time between the part of the new year and uh, the day of atonement, um, mm-hmm. before. and if the light doesn't go out, you, you know that the person will live uh, through for the next year. But what's really interesting to me is that Uh, It says it in two places in the Talmud. It talks about that in two different places in the Talmud. And they they say almost the exact same thing in the Talmud that Strabo says, which is that the candle has to be completely sealed off from any wind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that. I think it's really, uh, you know. Well, we could go on for just a minute about Strabo, because I do want to, you know, I call him Strabo, but his real name was Mr. Steiner. Um, he published books for what he called for people of all faiths, and he was a um, a promoter of 
trust and community. And he, um, in his section on different folkloric beliefs about candles, he put in numerous Christian beliefs, and they were both um, Protestant, Christian, and Catholic. Um, and like, like he just put just as an example, um, long life Christmas candles. Okay, in West Jutland. Candles for the householder and his wife were burned at the Christmas fete. The candle that went out last indicated whose life was to be the longest. Now, this is really in, in keeping with trolldom, where you put in little um, biscuits to be baked, and there's a little straw, and whichever one burns first. There's always this elimination mm-hmm. thing going on in trolldom. So he got this correct. Um, and... Um, Snuffing Christmas candles is another one he gives. In Scandinavian countries, it was the custom for the father or the oldest member of the household to extinguish the Christmas candles at sunrise. This meant that they would be alive to relight them the following Christmas. So he's, uh, Strabo draws on many, many things. Yes, he's Jewish. Yes, he's speaking exclusively to an African-American audience. This is what's so interesting about the man. His books were not distributed in Jewish Judaica shops. His books were distributed and sold through black-owned newspapers um, all around the country, like the Chicago Defender and, um, you know, the Baltimore Afro-American or whatever it might be. You know, I mean, he marketed his things to the African-American community. They entered Hoodoo starting in 1942, but um, and he never exclusively did anything Jewish. He in fact went way past the midpoint promoting Christian folklore because that's who his clientele were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 did he also? Um, I uh, I mean, it was really at that time, I believe, and uh, according to, to my knowledge, which is. You know, and you're you're my teacher. That really that um, uh, color candle magic uh, took off and became important because, you know, prior to this time period, uh, my understanding is that most of the candles were uh, tallow and and paraffin and beeswax, and they, they weren't colored. They were typically white. Is that is that correct? Too? That yes, and it's kind of interesting because another Jewish person. Henri Gamache, a.k.a. Anne Fleitman, um, mm-hmm. uh, also published lists of the of the color symbolism of candles, and they both did this in 1941-42. They were right on each other's heels. They were um, uh, their books were in uh, in shops at the same time. These two books at the same time. Um, his original book uh, was. Um, uh, a Candle Light Your Way. The next year he redid it under the name of The Guiding Light, The Master Book of Candle Burning by Anne Fleitman. Obviously, these were two Jewish people who had a knowledge and understanding of Jewish folklore, and both of them submerged that in the interest of serving the African-American community. It's, it's fascinating. Um, we could go back and ask them why. We don't know. It just happened. And um, we do know that... Um, that Mikhail Strabo was in contact with a um, a woman, uh, Reverend Adele Clemens, who was white, but who lived in Harlem, in the black part of Harlem, had a love affair um, of some duration with an African-American spiritualist preacher, and so forth and so on. So we know that there was a lot of connection there, and uh, and Strabo was getting his material 
about black um, use of candles from Adele Clemens, who was the founder of Divine Harmony Spiritual Church, which still exists under the direction of Reverend Dr. John St. Germain of air so it's a kind of a there's a there's a community that was built around this and yes the the use of color candles was started to become important in 1941 42 and 43 absolutely and onyx rose said something absolutely true she goes they make might have known each other oh yes i'm 100 percent sure they knew each other because they used the same printer and I know that from the font that was typeset. They both were had their their books printed at what was sometimes called Empire Printing, the Spitalniks, another Jewish family. Strangely enough, these were these were um, they took the last name K, and they were printers. And they also sold Hoodoo products. Mikhail Strabo never sold products. He only sold books. He was a had a whole. Um, world as a writer, that was his thing. Um, Anne Flightman never sold products. She only sold books. But the Spitalniks sold products, and they ended up with a line of products called Mysteria Products, and uh, and their book company was eventually became Doreen Publishing. But yes, thank you, Onyx Rose, for mentioning that, because yes, they were going to the same printer. It was all happening at the same time. And in fact, I have flyers with no name on them. They were made for what's called a surprint. These are where the you would rubber stamp or uh, run it through the press again and put your name and address. Usually just a rubber stamp would suffice. And these were put out by the printer, and they advertise the books of Anne Flightman and the books of Sidney Steiner and the books of the so-called Louis de Claremont, who's a third party who I don't know who he is. So, yeah, they these were all people who knew each other, and they were all in New York at the same time. And they also all knew Black Herman, um, they all were, who lived about two or three blocks away from them. I mean, it was just kind of, it, it was an interesting time and place. Let's just put it that way. That's right. They all knew, they all knew Black Herman. And, and in another um, uh, synchronicity of, of today, I was just uh, previewing uh, Reverend John St. Germain's uh, biography of uh, Adele Clemens. Oh, wonderful! Yes, he's done. He has done some intense detective work on Adele Clemens. You know, it's funny when you find a deceased person, and all of a sudden you just want to know about them. It's it's so interesting. He just went down that rabbit hole, and he's producing a book, and it's going to be a great book. I'm so excited for that. So, so here we have um, the idea of candle divination was first presented. Now, when vigil candles came in around 1976, um, they existed before, I I shouldn't say that. When secular vigil candles came in in 1976, prior to that we had Catholic vigil candles. And you would put money in the box and you would get a candle and you could light it in the church. And this was very common and um, just all over where there were Catholic churches. They had big metal racks. You could put the candles in and light them, and you paid a little money. It was the honor system, usually. Um, But when the secular vigil candles were made, and the reason we called them vigil lights was there was a company called the Vigil Light Company, and they made these candles. A whole new form of candle divination had to start. And this new form of candle divination, capnoceromancy or serocapnomancy, um, has developed only since 1976. And it is based on some of the older 
candle divination of freestanding candles. And I'm going to quickly run you through what I believe the basic principles of it. hope someone takes notes because I don't have something I can import into the chat. Number one, the front of the candle that faces you is the present. And it's also that which is known, that which you know about. The back of the candle is that which you don't know about. Secrets, hidden things. The left side of the candle, as the label faces you, is the past. The right side is the future. Okay. Now, that's an orientation. It's like a teacup orientation, but it's a different orientation. It's only an orientation that candle readers use. Most candle readers, when I was young, used that orientation. What I found out when I started getting on the Internet and writing about these things, I found out that most uh, people who were learning candle divination from the Internet, unless they had some older person like me telling them, they were coming up with their own novel different ways, which is fine. But um, I repeat this uh, because I want it to be understood that these were in place. Even though they started in 76, really, they were in place well into, like, I, I got online with web pages in 1994. So uh, everybody I know used that. But then there's that break between the people who um, used, oh, my God, out of time, between people who um, did uh, the Internet and did not. Right. Well, God, we could go on and on and on and on and on. We have to go, um, uh, and we're going to do our readings because we've promised two readings by Candle Divination. So thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for letting me ramble on. And um, we're going to now go into Candle Divination, which I believe we're going to do with uh, freestanding candles. Okay, let's take it away, Doc Murphy. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contraband practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Voodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Voodoo practitioners. Receive a reading in a trust- with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 1- 888 or visit And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Evergrowing, calling from area code 405. Evergrowing, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hello. So you indicated in your solicitation that you had no readings on this situation with any of our readers that are on the show today. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And ever-growing rights. I met someone about five months ago, and we are not or have been committed to each other, but we do hang out and spend time together. About two months ago, he started pulling away. I feel a really strong connection with him, and I have done a couple spells that have worked, but it's like it is only temporary. The reading that I had with Madame Pamita confirmed he is in my soul group and that what I am feeling isn't just one-sided. He feels a deep concern with me also. So my question is, 
Will he ever want a commitment with me? If so, can you tell me when you think this will happen? I feel like every two steps I take forward, I take one step back. I know there are walls up, and I don't mind putting the work to remove them if I know this is someone I'm meant to be with. Turning it over to you, Ms. Cat. All right. Um, so um, I'm going to say one thing about the idea of a soul group and meant to be with before we start this reading. A soul group uh, is a concept that has been around in the metaphysical world forever and ever and ever. There are certain people that you resonate with. They're your soul group. Um, they are they are people who you will always know or care about. That's just who they are. Even if they die, you'll still, they'll be still members of your soul group. Meant to be with, however, implies a function that might be considered divine. And not every reader holds that, there, that fate is inexorable. In other words, to say meant to be with is to say to believe in predestination. And not every religious person believes in re, uh, predestination. So when you go to one reader and they say that, and another reader says, no, no, there's no such thing, what you're getting involved with are readers who themselves come from different uh, religious and philosophical traditions. So I just want to make that clear, that as if, if you would come to me, I would say, I cannot read on whether you're meant to be with someone, but I can read okay. about if they're in your soul group, because I don't hold with predestination. But that's just me. you know. Mm-hmm. Now, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm Gemini. A Gemini. And what sign of the zodiac is this um, someone? Um, he's born in end of January, so it's Aquarius, right? Aquarius, yes. yes. Well, yes. Aquarius and Gemini usually get along fairly well because they're both air signs. So mm-hmm. I'm going to ask, um, we have here, um, uh, I'm going to ask if, if um, Jeremy would do the first reading. Is that okay, Jeremy? Can you do a candle reading on this question? Absolutely, absolutely. And describe um, what you're doing as you do it because people need to know what that's like, okay? Right. So I have a, a you know, uh, this is the most uh, simple. Uh, I find it the most simple. I mean, you can, you know, this is the most basic, I should say, uh, um, which is I, I simply have a, a small um, uh, little little uh, candle light, little vigil light, uh, not, uh, um, uh, yeah, little, little uh, chime candle light, and I'm going to bless it. Uh, which I say, Baruch Atah Adonai Elohim Melech Olam, Sherech which means, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified, sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to light this candle. So then I, I light the candle, and I wait until the flame gets nice and big, and the... Wax begins to run down the sides, and now I have a little glass of water right here next to me, and I'm just going to tilt the candle over, and I'm, as I do it, I'm going to concentrate on, on the question that was posed, which is, should you be together? And I have two, two distinct forms that are forming in the water as the wax solidifies. Now, I'm, uh, and 
both of them, uh, both of them happen to be in the shape of a of stars. One is kind of a six pointed star, and the other one is more of um, of a like it's a seven pointed star. And those two stars I see now. I've moved away from the the water, uh, but they're floating past each other. And my suspicion here, my interpretation of that would be, is is that you are star-crossed lovers with this person. Now, Miss Cat knows she. I can sense her ears perk up when I when I said star-crossed mm-hmm. lovers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because she knows that that's a very specific, uh, specific uh, thing. You could be soul soulmates and the right person, but just constantly missing each other. Um, and uh, and it's either it can be a timing thing, a geography thing. It can even be a personality thing where you know one person is angry and. Uh, you know, you're just sort of out of sync, and the other person is 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 happy and trying to calm them down, and then the other person gets angry, and they 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 hang up the phone, and they're sort of missing each other. And so, I'd like to ask you, um, uh, ever going, is that is that what you're experiencing? Does that what, what's going on there? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Like um, like recently, uh, we hung out Saturday, and then. Uh, Sunday, I actually decided just to tell him how I felt, and I don't think he, I mean, it's like he didn't know how to respond to that, and so I haven't talked to him since then. So, it's yeah, it's kind of back and forth like that. Well, it's been back and forth, um, but is, is there anything that you know of in the way? Is he frightened of something? Is there is there yes. a, well, what's the, I have, yes. I have, I have kids, and um, that scares him. It's not that he doesn't uh, like kids, but yes, that's. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I missed that word. You have what that scares him? Yes. Children. Children, yes. Children. She has children. Okay, I got it. And so, so, all right. So, let me pour more a little bit more wax in for me. And now I get a, a long, a long, um, uh, how would you say that? It's like a wiggly on both sides. It's like linear and and almost like a chain, uh, a chain. And and to me, this this represents his fear of being tied down and, and commitment. And we're going to have, hold on. Uh, as I as I pour more wax into the into the water, uh, the more figures that I see, I I, I don't see uh, any any triangles which would indicate you know a positive a positive uh, uh, outcome. I think that this is going to be uh, you guys are going to continue to be uh, passing each other with the occasional occasional bumps together back and forth. 
So you 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 may want to um, keep your heart uh, close and your emotions close and and proceed with great caution. Okay, well, I, I'm going to chime in here now with the second reading. So I also lit a candle. And the reason I want, to, I want Jeremy to hear this, I also lit a candle. I lit a birthday candle, a little glittery birthday candle, and then I poured the wax into water. When he said, I get a chain, I was quite surprised because I also got a chain. It was like dip, 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 dip. It looked just like a chain. But yeah. when I fished it up out of the water, so that it means there's some linkage there. When I fished it out of the water, there were dark spots in it, and it held up, and I could look at it. It was as it is. I'm looking at it right now. It is as clear as clear can be. A woman standing holding a baby in her arms. It almost. It's so. Um, rigid, erect, it almost looks like one of those ancient Sumerian or Mesopotamian goddess figures, but she's, and she's holding this baby. And it's so definitely the children thing is there and the idea that the children will chain you. The other thing I have here is a big heart. And I was like, oh, isn't that lovely? It's formed a heart. When I picked it up, the heart, if you can imagine a heart having a bottom where it comes down to a point, connected to it, which I didn't see it when it was floating in the water, when I pulled it up, drip, 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 it's tears. It's like a heart that is bleeding. And that is an unfortunate thing. And one of the, uh, the heart usually is uh, equal on both sides. The um, one side of this heart is what has dripped, and the other side is full. And so if you think of this as you know, two hearts that beat us one, there is a, a draining away from the one, and, and it's it, there's sadness. There's also a few more little, um, just little dots, and um, one of them also is a star, like what uh, Jeremy saw, and um, one of them seems to be a child. It's a very pretty child. It goes with the mother, I guess. But this is a, a child that stands up on its own. But it's small. It's just right size to be her child. And it's just standing there by itself. And then there's finally one more little dot. So my feeling here is that that there is this feeling that he would be chained. He, he feels he might be chained down if he got involved with the children, with you, with the children. And it says to me, and I hate to say it, that I think you're going to suffer some sorrow here. I think this is not going to work. And um, that's the best I can say. I I feel like we're going to get you some root work to do, but I'm not feeling that this is going to be um, an easy task. I, I feel that this is um, uh, somewhat not not in the immediate future. So I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman Ali, and he's going to give you some work, which I hope involves candles. <laughs> Maybe we can get you to do some divination of your own. Take it away, okay. Conjurman. Thanks, Kat. So what I'm going to recommend to you is a working that if this person is meant to be, then they'll come to you. If not, then the ideal person will be drawn to you. So be open. If someone else comes into your life, then you have a very clear answer that you should be moving on and maybe starting something new with this person. 
So we're going to start with what I call the love uncrossing bath. It's something that I've recommended before, and it works quite well, particularly in a situation where you are star-crossed. You're going to take some rue, and you're going to take some violet leaves, and you're going to brew them into a tea. Then draw yourself a bath, pour this tea into it, add milk, add honey, and add some rose petals. Allow yourself to bathe and soak in this. It's actually really good for the skin, so kind of luxuriate get out and let yourself air dry take a symbolic bit of this bath water and dispose of it off of your property uh, a tree is perfect you can just pour it out onto the roots of the tree and walk away without looking back when you come back home take a piece of paper and write what you seek in the relationship write all the good things that you enjoy with this particular person you can write it on there but leave out all the bad for example the back and forth or whatnot Instead, right, I find someone who I connect with at a soul level, who I'm physically attracted to, who gives me their attention, who is an equal in my affection. You know, write a meaningful list, what you're actually looking for. Fold this up and put two rose petals in it as you fold it up. So you're going to put one rose petal, two representing hearts joined together. Fold this up and place it on a surface. Over this, put a saucer. Now take a pink candle, anoint it with come to me oil and love me oil, and set it in the middle of this saucer. Ring it with sugar and cubic berries. So you're just going to take some sugar and cubic berries and ring this candle around it. Light the candle, and as it burns down, pray sincerely for your mere heart, that the Lord send you someone that is ideal for you, that is perfect to match for you, that gives you what you are looking for. Pray sincerely and openly that you have the love that you desire. Now, when the candle burns all the way down, take the piece of paper out from the uh, underneath the saucer and place it under your bed with those rose petals. Keep it there. That is your little talisman. Take the sugar, the cuba berries, and the leftover wax. You're going to bury the wax in your front yard, and the sugar and cuba berries you're going to scatter and sprinkle at your front yard like your your calling chickens home, right? You're just going to sprinkle it mm-hmm. out. And as you do, call out, wherever you are, my lover, come to me and come to me now. Now, if this person is the ideal person for you, if they're the person captured in this spell work, represented in your intention, then they will come to you. They will be sweeter. They will be more open. Their reluctance will melt away. The Cuba Berries has a great way of working on reluctance. If this person is not the ideal lover for you, if this person is something that you thought was ideal but really isn't, then someone else will show up. Be open to that particular possibility. Don't become fixed on the individual. Instead, focus on the outcome, you being happy in a mutually loving relationship. That should be the goal. Now, is it this guy or is it someone else? the spell work will manifest it for you. You can repeat this spell as many times as you'd like, but generally you'll find someone show up within a matter of a few weeks. You'll get a very clear indication of, oh, there's someone new in my life. I recommend doing this work uh, when the moon is waxing and on a Friday, but you can pick whatever timing you want. You can work with the hand or the clock, whichever works for you. But... I do recommend that you continue even after you find this person. Let's say it is this guy or someone else. 
I would recommend you continue with this bath alone, the rue, the violet leaves, the tea uh, made into a tea with milk and honey and rose petals added. I would recommend that you do that at least once a month for the next three months to really uncross and remove any obstacle that might be in your way so that when this other person comes about and when you're ready to move into a serious relationship, nothing stands in your way. There's no obstacles or cross conditions. There's just something there. I've got a sense that there's something in your love life that might be a little bit crossed up, and it's not just with this guy. So I want you to continue to do this bath even after you finish the candle work and you've drawn new love into your life. We've got a couple minutes, so Kat or anyone else would like to share uh, further details or suggestions or make any adjustments to this work. I think this is really great. I would add, since we're talking about candle divination, that the candle that you burn, and I believe you said it was a pink candle that you were... uh, That's right, yeah. A pink candle. Make sure that it's a freestanding candle. We're not talking about a glass vigil light. No, no. And 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 watch the the wax. And you know you have this little list of signs that happen from the flames. I've also posted a link to an online page from Hoodoo and Theory and Practice called uh, Candle Magic Divination. Um, and it is at luckymojo.com forward slash candlemagicdivination.html. And you can read that. You can also find more candle signs in my book, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. So between all of these, you'll become your own candle reader. Uh, the pink candle that you burn can be, you know, any type. There, there's people who say, well, can I use a tea light? And my thought is a tea light is not going to give you much candle signs it's just the wax just sits in the cup but a little freestanding chime candle a six inch candle uh, a nine inch candle whatever seems right to you or a figural candle um, of a male figure since you that's who you're searching for any of those things would be appropriate and they will drip appropriately and you'll learn how to read the candle wax if you completely run of ideas run out of ideas for reading candle wax get the book the stranger in the cup or the book throwing the bones and both of those have tea leaf symbols in them and um oh and volva nancy by jeremy weiss has tea leaf symbols in them so any one of those three books will allow you to interpret wax okay and time for our network scheduled announcement No. Dun 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 dun. Ha. <laughs> well, oh, our next client. Oh, uh, Doc Murphy, our next client. All right, our next client is calling from area code two hundred two. Area code two hundred two. Are you there? Hello. Hi there. Name? What name? Yes, what name Natalie? would you like to be called when you're on the air tonight? Natalie. Natalie? Yes. Okay, welcome, Natalie. Natalie, could you give us a couple of sentences on your situation and what sort of guidance through readings and root work you would like? Just a few sentences. Okay. First of all, I do have to say thank you. I called you guys a few months ago. And Conjurman gave me a, rem, a, a prescription, 
and it worked so well. I'm just in awe. Yay. I'm so, <laughs> so happy thank to you. hear Blessing. Yes. Uh, but uh, I, I'd like to know about my love life. Now, when I called earlier a few months ago, my my man had just got he had died a few months earlier, and um, in in the reading, Miss Tapp said that there would be new admirers. That was spot on. Also, uh, nothing has come from it because I'm really not ready yet. But I'd mm-hmm. like to know when would be a good time for me to start and a good working, and when y'all see me actually getting married. Okay. All righty. Well, I guess what we're going to do, let's take the first reading with um, Contraband. Can you do a candle wax reading? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do so. So I have a a white candle that I've lit with prayers, and I'm going to pour it into one of my scrying bowls with water in order to interpret the wax. Now, I have a variety of different scrying bowls, but the one that I use quite frequently on the show is my Kapala, which is a skull inlaid with silver. Um, I actually got from Lucky Mojo. I think Kat can remember. I think it was at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, if I'm not mistaken, many a year ago where I purchased the, the Kapala. Um, and I, so have I, the, I, I have the I have the corresponding one, Conjurman Ali. There we go. Also purchased from Lucky Mojo. There you go. Uh, so I've poured the, the white candle here, and the first kind of symbol that shows up is tears. Uh, and these tears are kind of dripping through the water, and they're floating around and making, kind of bumping into each other and then pulling apart. They show a sort of scattered symbol, and this is where your heart is at. You're still healing. You're still going through this process. And so while admirers have shown up, your heart's not quite in it. It's still in a fog. It's still in a daze. It's still in a place where it's not quite able to connect. Two things are unable to join together. So they're kind of bumping into each other and scattering. And what this indicates is healing work needs to be done. So the root work that will be given to you should have some element of healing, some element of helping to restore your heart so that you can move forward with your life. And one of the things that we learn from healing is that it really is a matter of time. You never quite fully heal from a wound. The wound will always sort of be there. The memory of your past will always be there. But it will get to a point where you're able to manage it and you're able to move forward, where it just becomes part of who you are, not an obstacle in your way. The wax also forms into leaves, small leaves that kind of look like the leaves that we see in fall. Very beautiful nice kind of almost maple-looking leaves. And this tells me a little bit about the timing, that around fall, probably closer to November, you will begin to fully come out of where you are. You'll start to heal to the point where you will be open to new relationships and you will be able to kind of start going, all right, I want someone in my life and I'm willing to give them my heart and I'm willing to give them my attention. So around fall time is when we see this. The other wax here forms into little, almost not a ring necessarily, but a circle. And the circle here, ah, this is really interesting. 
So I have around around my uh, kapala is a sort of ring of small little scrolls. And what I generally do is I break it up almost into a clock. And so this is now falling into what we would say is 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, which I generally interpret as springtime, as the height of, of the light. And so what this means to me, this ring, this small circle, is that your healing process will begin now with the root work, that by around fall time you'll find someone who will be, uh, you know, ready to enter into your life and your heart will be at a point where you're willing to accept them. And by spring you'll have some form of commitment. This is a ring that is joined together. This is a ring that comes together. I'm going to pour one more bit of wax into this and see what the final outcome will be. So we've got a little timeline. Healing is going to be a process. Fall is when you'll open up and someone really serious will show up. By springtime, we will see some form of commitment. Now I'm pouring in the wax. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so something quite fascinating has happened. Um, The wax actually fell right into the little circle, right into the little uh, ring. And I'm looking to see what shape it forms. And this is the form of a flower, a flower that is blossoming. Love will come back into your life. It will manifest. It will take a little bit of time, as the flower does. It needs to be planted. It needs to be nurtured. But it will grow into something committed. The flower also indicates to me that the person who will show up in your life might have something related to flowers. They might give you flowers on the first date, or their last name is flowers, or or, or something roses. They may have some type of flower connection, so keep your eye open for that. Will they give you flowers? Do they have pictures of flowers hanging up on their wall, or they have flowers in their house when you go in? This will be a good indication of who that person is. Now, I'm going to kind of zoom a little bit out, kind of looking at all the wax that is in the kapala and seeing the larger picture to see if any sort of shape is formed by the various wax symbols. Ah, okay. Now, what sign of the zodiac are you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, did we lose Capricorn. You're a Capricorn. Okay, the reason I ask is the symbol I'm seeing is horned. So either this person is also a Capricorn or they're a Taurus or an Aries. This is a a horned sign is what I'm seeing. The wax kind of branches out into these little horns. It actually looks more Aries, to be honest with you, but I'm going to say any type of horned sign. So look for a fellow Capricorn, look for an Aries, look for a Taurus as the person who will arrive in your life. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to our next reader, and then I think... Miss, if I if I have the format correct, Miss Cat will come in at the end and give you some root work advice. That's right. So this goes to Jeremy next. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to do the same same thing with a brand new candle. And uh, can I ask how, how long were you with your uh your, your in in a committed relationship when your partner passed away? Uh, we were together since 2016, and he passed in October of last year. Uh, and since that time, you've been feeling kind of alone? Yes. He haunts my dreams often, but yes, lonely and uh, alone. All right. So, uh, again, uh, 
is a blessing for the candle. Um, I'm letting the uh, candle flame grow bright. And now the first droplet is forming. Oh, that's so interesting. I got a, a, one spatter with uh, lots and lots and lots of little tiny uh, uh, dots on the surface of the water. L- lots and lots, almost as though I'm, I'm, wow. And they are also little tiny star shapes, but they've coalesced near around, around, uh, there's one larger rounded blob with lots of like little um, tiny stars around it. So um, I, I kind of see here a, a solar system. And it, it, I, I know that coming in, uh, in, in April of 2021, there is going to be a meteor shower. Where are you located? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. This, to me, what I'm seeing here is more um, like prophecy than it is divination. I'm getting the sign that when you look up into the sky and, and see some shooting stars fall across the sky, uh, in April, then you will feel a a sense of uh, completeness and that you are are ready for love. Now the lyrics these these meteors they they are usually uh, they don't usually have um, uh, trails on them. They are just fireballs. So. I think you need to watch the sky for uh, for a, a, a symbol, for some sort of sign. And that sign, either a meteor shower or a fireball, uh, that that celestial sign is going to signify that you're healed and you're ready to move forward. And at that time, at that time, uh, that is when you uh, can, are going to be open to love and can begin dating and should start to say yes. Wow. That's interesting. So watch the stars, in other words. Yeah. Um, watch the stars. That's, a, that's a very, very interesting um, uh, prediction, I have to say. So I'm going to give you some root work and we have um, basically giving you a timeline that says things are still in, you're still healing, you're still moving forward. The falling leaves that um, Conjurman saw in the wax that he identified with October, November, or whatever, I see those as the laying to rest finally. That the, you know, the leaves fall off the trees and they form a little bed. And that that is the uh, laying to rest of the um, beloved who has died. 
the meteor shower is an interesting thing. There are meteor showers at different times of the year, but watch and see if you see a shooting star. And April is the time. That's the message I'm getting. Am I am I doing you two justice as far as what you said? I believe so. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going to give you some work to do. In the meantime, while waiting for all of this, I would like you to, and I know you said you were haunted in your dreams by your late lover, I would like you to come to a conclusion. We're now in August. We have August, September, October. Let's take those three months, and you never put someone away forever. They will always be in your life in your mind their spirit will be with you but i would like you to spend the next three months doing some work to um wrap up what you can number one do you know where this person is buried or were they cremated what where is what was the disposal of the body he was cremated okay and And were the ashes his cousin she has them as far as I know, and she's been so nasty to me, I don't even want to talk to her. Okay. So she has his ashes in an urn, so you have no access to that. Okay. When you have no access to a person's grave or to their ashes, I want you to get an herb. It's called quassia bark, Q-U-A-S-S-I-A. It's a bark that's sometimes used to treat fevers, but it also has a reputation for magnifying the writing of a name. So what I'd like you to do is to write his name several times, three times, six times, nine times, twelve, whatever, all over the piece of paper both times. And you're going to get a little bit of quassia bark chips, and you're going to wrap them up in the paper. And you're going to get a charcoal tablet. And the charcoal tablet, you'll light that, and then you'll put this packet with the paper and with the quassia chips inside, and you will burn that. When it's all burned, you're going to crush any remaining ash and charcoal. You're going to write his name a second time. And you're going to now put into it all of those ashes and all of that stuff in the packet and a little bit more quassia chips. If you can, and some people are good at this, you can actually use the charcoal ashes to write his name just once or twice on the second paper. But most people will just write it out again. It doesn't matter that much. However you want to do it is the way you were taught. I've just taught you two different ways. You then take that packet and burn it. That's the second. This is called triple refining his name. You're then going to take the third time and crush up all those ashes and charcoal and everything, and you're going to do it a third time. And on that bed of ashes and and stuff, you're going to put another charcoal tablet and then another packet in which you've written his name and, and fill it with quassia bark and some of the ashes. When you're all done, having burnt this all three times, you now have what is the... Uh, what we call the equivalent of his ashes. It's his name ashes. The more times you write his name, the more you pray, the more you look at it, the more you think of him, the more you call his name. I don't know what his name is, but let's just say his name was Robert Brown. And you say, Robert Brown, Robert Brown, I miss you so much, Robert Brown. You know, I, I wish to produce your likeness here in these ashes. And you do it, and you do it again. You do it three times. Now you have something that you can work with as if it was um, her, uh, uh, or excuse me, his um, 
his ashes, even though you never went and got them. Now, using that, I want you to um, light a candle. And it's, um, do you know the day he died on? Yes. Okay. On the anniversary of his death, I want you to light a white candle. You can oil that candle with holy oil or with any kind of spirit guide oil or psychic vision oil, but it should be a fairly, not a love oil, not a hatred oil. Holy oil is a good one. Roll it with that, and then roll it with some of those ashes and soot and dust. Just roll it, just roll it in there. It'll stick to the candle. This is a freestanding candle. And then you're going to burn that candle. It needs to be a candle big enough that it will burn. You're going to light it at sunset on the day of his death. And it would be nice if you had one that was big enough to burn all until the next day. You can buy a kind of candle called a Yarzite candle, which comes in a cup. And it is, um, you can find them in the ethnic section of the grocery store because Jewish people use them um, as a memorial candle. But you can use any candle um, that will burn um, at least overnight. And be careful that you have, if you have fire in your house, make sure that you don't set your house on fire. Make sure it's in a safe place. And mm. um, when you light that candle, that memorial candle, the white memorial candle on the anniversary of his death, can you tell me uh, just what month it was that he died in? October. Oh, see, this oh, wow. is perfect. Yeah. See? Yeah, perfect. Ah, Conjurman called it. Conjurman called it. Fall when the leaves are falling. That's perfect. Oh, I get chills. That gave me chills. Okay. So you're going to light that white candle, It's gonna, and you're going to um, pray that he moves on, that he finds peace, but not just that he leaves, but that he blesses your new love. Now, save some of those ashes, the triple refined ashes. When you find someone that you're interested in, get a little bit of the ashes on them, however you're going to do it. Don't just go on their face and go XX on their face. Just get a little bit on your finger and maybe clap them on the back, you know, whenever. When you get to know them and when you do that, say, call his name silently and say, I said Robert was his name. It's just the name I made up. Robert, this is a man I'm interested in. Let him speak with the kind of love that you spoke with and see what happens. It's a good way to draw um, a new love with the permission, blessing, and peaceful help of the one who passed away. Beautiful. Good luck. Good luck to you. Okay. Wow. Now we get the network schedule announcement. Yay. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Dr. Jeremy Weiss of templeofmiriam.com. Take it away, Dr. Jeremy. Uh, thanks, Doc Murphy. Um, well, this week's free 
sell uh, comes by way of Ms. Catherine Ironwood and Mikhail Strabo and is published in Guiding Light to Power and Success. And we've spent a little bit of time chatting about it. Um, I thought it, we, it would be a good, uh, a good, uh, a good book to, to share something from. So on page 37 um, is a, a spell for wealth using a gold candle with Psalms 150. And when they talk about a gold candle, we're not generally speaking of a of a of a, a, a yellow candle or a, a, a candle that is it's more of a candle that is metallic and coal in color but usually what they've done is they've they've taken a regular white candle and dipped it in kind of a metallic gold is that right a metallic gold mm-hmm. yeah and, it's usually um, brass powder brass powder right brass that's right yeah um and and you know this is to represent the sun and, and radiance and prosperity and and um, and and wealth and um, uh, uh, you, you pray essentially um, uh, uh, Psalms 150 as, as you light as you light the candle. So when, uh, if it's on a Tuesday, you can do this um, to rule over royalty, and you, you burn a tapered candle. If, you, if you're doing it on a Sunday, that is to increase wealth. Um, it's the same, same, but different times and a different candle uh, will, will result in different things. So um, you, you, the 150th Psalm um, is read three times, and uh, each time a candle is lit. It says, Hallelujah, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his abundant greatness, praise him with the blast of the horn, praise him with the psaltery and the harp, praise him with the timbrel, I love that one, and dance, praise him with the stringed instruments and the pipe, praise him with the loud sounding cymbals, praise him with the clanging of cymbals, let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you have anything so, to add, Ms. Bennett? Oh, yeah, I sure do. And um, and that's, thank you. That's a, This uh, psalm is really about the greatness of God. And in working a psalm like this for wealth, you're doing a fairly minor spell with a lot of major power. And it can also be used, as, as Jeremy said, to proclaim your own kingly or queenly power over others. So you you can um, work with God's power to become powerful, but you can also work with God's favor to be favored with wealth. And um, if you want to, this is a psalm that often uh, you know brings to mind the idea of gospel music or dancing with a tambourine or whatever. In the uh, chat room, Jamey said, could one use brass-colored mica? I don't think I would. I'd just use a, a gold candle. You just buy those gold-colored taper candles. Everybody's got them. Um, they're, they're made with, you know, whatever metallic um, covering on them. They come in all different sizes. There's tapers. There's little shorties, all kinds. 
The idea is, though, that the gold will be there. The other thing I would do, which uh, Mikhail Strabo did not say, I would put gold coins all around the candle. And I like to use those golden and brass Sacagawea dollars. Everyone hears me talk about them, especially for women. So I'd put out a big, nice uh, brass bowl full of these brass coins, stand up my candle in that, and um, and do it that way. That's just me. And um, and I would ask for a favor. And then, having been um, granted the favor of wealth that will come to me, I would take those Sacagawea dollars and I would distribute them to the poor to show God that I am abundant in the same way that God is. In other words, that I do charity. And by giving away um, uh, some of the, the money that was used in the ceremony, I, or ritual, or spell, or whatever you want to call it, um, I'm showing God, like I've done, you do to me, you know, do unto others, and kind of reminds God, hey, give me my coins. Um, often, when working magic, which relies on the Psalms, often we are addressing God directly. And that is, you know, requires a certain amount of religious commitment. And But to show charity is to receive God's charity. So that's how yeah, I would do pay that. It's a, it's a pay it forward, right? It's a pay, pay it, it forward. forward. That's a great phrase, yes. Exactly. Yeah. Pay it pay it forward. It's and so that for if me, you become you you're you're gonna you're gonna become prosperous and you're gonna take a bunch of other people with you. You're gonna lift the people around you up as well. So it's not it's not solely about you being prosperous. It's about you uh, helping to help others elevate your community. Everyone should be prosperous. Hey, That's cool. right. That's right. And burning it on a Tuesday, which says to show your kingly and queenly powers, that is to make you a leader. But again, the idea is that as you become a leader, you have wealth that you can use for the community. Uh, this and is... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say that Tuesday uh, is the only day of the week, uh, according to the Bible, that is blessed twice by God. Oh, it's a very prosperous day. And so this is for affluence and abundance. It's not for hitting the lottery, <laughs> just to let you know. Um, if you wanted to use an oil to dress such a candle, some of the ones that I would recommend would be Wealthy Way, Crown of Success. Mm. Um, it's not so much a money-drawing candle, but an abundance candle. It's not pay me because I, you know, you owe me the money. It's not that kind of a candle. This is a candle for your um, your accession to a new level of wealth, if that makes sense. This is your seven-figure challenge, this candle. This is the candle that puts you into the higher income bracket. All right. And now you've all had a taste of the guiding light and how this book works. There are also um, uh, candle services in the guiding light that use eight candles. There are ones that use nine that are Catholic novenas. There are many different kinds of candle services in the guiding light. This was a one candle service with one psalm. Okay, we're going to bring this on over to Doc Murphy. She's going to bring us our closing announcements. And then we'll come back and remind everybody about whatever we need to remind them about, and then we'll all say goodbye. 
Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjurman. And thank you, Dr. Jeremy Weiss of templeofmiriam.com in Seattle for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Roof Workers will be Papa Newt of papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, bringing us the topic of finding a new job. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Voodoo Roof Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman at contramanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Doc Murphy, joining you from rootdocmurphy.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Doc Murphy. This was a great show. We showed you all a wonderful glimpse into an ancient form of divination, and we'll be doing that again the first of next month. Um, Every month, the first Sunday is the Oracle Hour. And so we're going to be having those. Every, tell your friends, if they want to learn about how to do divination, this is a course in divination that happens once a month. All right, uh, now buy your tickets. Come on, guys, buy your tickets for the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Conjurman Ali is going to be teaching on Defense Against the Dark Arts. Uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss is going to be teaching on Terrors of the Evil I Exposed, and you'll get a free book. I will be teaching down-home sex magic. And, of course, Papa G will be teaching how to use amulets, charms, and curios. Evan will be teaching astrology, and I've run out of time. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Good night.